Now, I've got a question tonight. What comes to your mind when you hear the word selfish? What do you say? Mean? People are all about themselves? Greed? How many of you ever met a real selfish person? Selfish. Selfish. Nobody ever met a selfish person? Please put away your phone. Um, Cody, why every week? Yeah. How many of you ever met a selfish person? Anyone ever been there? I mean, I had a question. How did it make you feel when you around those type of people? How many of you ever looked in a mirror and saw that same person? Charles raises that. You know, probably at some point in all our lives, we just think about ourselves. We are very selfish people. We are people that, at the end of the day, we look in for ourselves, only about us. We could care less really about anybody else. And you see, that's not the way we're supposed to be, as we'll see tonight. We're not supposed to be selfish people. You know, I want you to even imagine as a, those of you like sports for a second. Especially as we think of the, the game of basketball. How many of you would like to play with somebody who hogs the ball all the time and is very selfish and never want to pass the ball? You'd want to play with somebody like that? Alright. For those of you who don't know, quiet down. In 1990, the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, Thanks to Cambridge. Anyway, the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, won many scoring titles, won MVPs, but he was missing something an NBA ring. It took him, Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and the rest of the team to realize that look, for us to get over this hump, which was at that time the Detroit Pistons, which was known as the Bad Boys, and let me just put it this way, for you all who watch basketball now and think that the game is tough now, you can't imagine basketball back then. When even today, people, they, they would say their whole game plan was to see Michael Jordan on the ground. And it came a point where Jordan had to get over that hump and say, you know what, I gotta be unselfish. I can't do this all, my, all by myself. So again, he bought in Scottie Pippen. Him and Scottie Pippen couldn't get together. They couldn't get it done. So it came another three, it came three years that they decided, look, we need to get together a team to play to win. And we know the end of the story. They won three, then two, the years in between, then another three. Six championships. You know, you can be the best basketball player of all time, but you need to be unselfish at times. You can never be a one-man show. There's no one player that could be himself and just say, you know what, I'm going to take over the game 
and I'm going to win this by myself every night of the game. Maybe one game, but they'll never win a whole championship series. Anyway, I won't even go down that road. That's why, anyway, I won't, I won't go down that come. But anyway, last week, we started this whole series on branding, about the idea of being branded. The idea that every organization, every group of people have some things they're known for. All of us in this room are known for something. Your parents know you for something. Your people in school know you as something. People in church know you as something. But I want you to just think about that for a second. Because I think sometimes that's what we do. We have different brands. We're this way when we're in school. We're this way at home. We're this way in church. We have different brands. And people know us differently. You know, it's so sad what happens today in, in, in church that we have people who would come together at church. They would come together, worship. Maybe somebody would get up on the pulpit and somebody may look at them and say, what are they doing up there? Because they know the true person. They don't just know the person who comes to church. You know, a lot of you in this room are involved in different ministries. And let me just say this, you could fool people, but you'll never fool God. Never, no matter what you do. Think about brands like Starbucks, Apple, Disney, etc. Don't you have certain expectations about the interaction with them will be like? Let me ask a question. How many of you like Starbucks? Now let me add a question to you. If you went to Starbucks and the coffee tasted nasty, for those of you who like it, because some people probably do like it, frappuccinos, whatever you get, wouldn't you be wouldn't you be upset? Wouldn't you be mad? Yeah. In fact, how many of you ever been to a restaurant where you thought that the food came out wrong, you sent it back because it just was wrong? It was completely wrong, you know. Fly was in your food. You know, we have expectations. We have high expectations. Just like God has expectations of us. You see, too many times what happens is we put these expectations on these different brands and think, oh yes, this is what I want. This is 100%. But see, God has the expectations for me and you. And we need to live up to those expectations. You see, you already have in your mind about those brands. Before you even get them. You already know what you want. I'm at a question. How do people who aren't Christians view Christians? How do people view Christians? Us. How do they view us? You see, the question is tonight, as we looked at last week, the problem too many times is we are considered hypocrites because we give that name to people. You know what a hypocrite is? Someone who puts on a mask. Someone who is fake. You know, too many times we are so fake. You know, we have the church game down pack. We have the Christianese down pack. We have everything that we need down pack to make other people look good or make them think that we know so much about God. I was one of them teenagers. People thought I was the best thing, you know, best young man, but I was fooling a lot of people. I was fooling them. Because, you know what, I didn't, I really didn't, yeah, I would say, I wouldn't even say I was a Christian then. Because my desire wasn't for things for the Lord. My desire is for everything else but the Lord. 
except when I came to church. The minute I came through that gate, it was a whole different me. Because I had to put on a show for people. I had to show them that brand. And for us tonight, there's probably people like that in here tonight. That you have a different show for a different place with different people. We must overcome the perception of Christians being self-absorbed and unaccepting of those who are not like us. This is really one thing that can change the way we are perceived, and that's the way we treat people. You see, too many times what happens to us is it's like I talked about a little bit last week. If someone comes in here, what do we do? Now we don't know. Do we just shun them and say, I don't want nothing to do with them. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to even get to know them anymore. You see, that's not what we want to do. We should want to accept people. We should want people to want to come back. Can any of you think of a place where you went for the first time and that was the last time you went there because you just felt like that people didn't like you or they talked about you or you didn't want anything to do with them? Anyone ever been there? You know? It's all been that way. It's just like if you went to a restaurant and you ordered something and it came out wrong and, and, and the people were very rude to you. You know, what would, that, what, would that make you want to go back? No. So why do people want to come to church? Why do people want to come to Ignition? Why do people want to come to youth group? What are we doing to help that? What are we doing to want to change anything? Tonight the main point is that together we can care for others. You see, it's a group effort. We can care for others. We can do this together. In the words of the high school musical song, we're all in this together. All right, say I know if you got that. All right. That's what just came to my mind when I said that. But think about it. Together, we have to be together. We have to be together. There's no doubt about that. Think about it for a second. If someone came to our youth group for the first time and observed everything, and they saw these people over here, they talking bad about these people over here, then you got these people over here who don't care about no one over there, and it's just that, you know, what would happen? They wouldn't want to come back. You see, but too many times we are too selfish. We only care about ourselves. We only care, we are so self-absorbed. And tonight, if you look at your, in our Bibles to Philippians, we're only going to look at two verses again tonight. As we continue in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Think about that for a second. It says what? Do not do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. What is humility? What is humility? Be humble, okay. What what is what does humble mean? It's me it's me um, coming up here tonight saying I'm a humble beast. Am I being humble? I'm the most humble person in the world. What does that mean? That's being what? Conceited. That's being the complete opposite. You know, you ever met people who want to who do that? Man, I'm so humble. You know, I I'm a humble person. No, you don't that's not about a humble person. A humble person does stuff. They care about people. They don't even care if anyone says anything. 
But too many times we are so conceited that it's about us. Only about me. Once I'm happy, I could care less about anybody else. That's not the way it should be. It says what? Count others more significant than yourselves. Wow. Isn't that hard? That I care about you more than I care about me? That you care about the person next to you more than, than they care about you? Can we really think that way? Do we really do that? You know, it's sad to say, but we don't. And as Christians, this isn't just for the super Christian. This isn't for the person who thinks, oh yeah, you know, that's for you. You're the youth pastor. you got to be like that. No, that's for all of us who call ourselves Christians. As Paul here is writing to a church, a Philippi, this is a letter, a part of a letter to say, look, think of others before yourself. He goes on and says this, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Again, Paul makes it very clear, look, if you miss it the first time that I'm telling you to look out for the other interests, I'm going to tell you again, look out for other people. Now, am I just saying look out for the person, hey, your shoe's untied, you don't want to trip down. No. Look out for them. You see a need, try and help them. You see someone crying and you're wondering, well, what's going on? Try to comfort them. You know, we in the Bahamas, you know, we have a, such a... I don't, let me see how I can put this. We have a problem. We have a serious, serious problem. We have many problems. But this is a problem that we have. We talk so bad to each other. And I'm guilty of this myself. But we talk so bad, like we don't even encourage one another. You know, it's so easy to just talk bad to people. It's so easy to say, but something wrong with you, boy. Are you dead, boy? You know, like, you like money. That's how, you know. You know, that, that's all, that's all. You know, that's like, you know, that's all we say. And you know what's so fun? You know what's so sad? For us as Bahamians. You know what's so sad for us as Bahamians, especially guys? When we don't know what to say. But you're like, money. That's all we say. You know, in the middle of a, a serious discussion. But you're like, money. You know, like, it's like, okay, that's really encouraging. You like money. You know, it's like, but that's us. You know, that's Bahamians. That's how we are. That's how we act. Um, you know, we have this all twisted and so wrong. You know. But we need to recognize that it says tonight, don't look out for our own interests. Look out for others. And this is, this is the key to it. Because I think if we get this verse 5, if we get verse 5 in our Christianity, we would have the perfect, as perfect as you can Christianity. Because there's no perfect people. And it says this in verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus. Or some other versions say, Have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Have the same mind. Basically think like Christ. 
How did Christ think? Was Christ conceited? Did Christ only care about himself? In fact, he was the most unselfish person you'll ever see. He was the person that left the perfect lifestyle, the perfect house, the perfect place. For us, for you, for me. He had it all together. And if we as Christians have this mind, if we as people in ignition have this mind, this youth group, our youth group could be the number one youth group anywhere in the world. Because if we think like Christ Jesus, we're doing what He wants us to do. And when I say that, I don't mean that we'll have the biggest youth group. But we have the most loving youth group. What Christ intended. We'd be unified, as we talked about last week. We'd be unselfish. We'd get to the point where when that last piece of pizza is there on a Friday night, or the last chicken wing, it would get to the point where I'd say, Tyreek, you could have it. No, man, you could have it. No, man, you could have it. Tyreek, no, you could have it. And then, and then we'll have Calvin just come along and just take it. And no one to get mad. You know, it'd be like, okay. But, for us to have that attitude and for us to be that way, we have to think like Christ. We have to see, have the same attitude as Christ. Because Christ, what He did is He sacrificed. He came down to this earth to die for us. He left everything behind, the perfect life for me and for you, to pay the price for our sin. You see, He didn't sin. He didn't need to come die for His sins. But He came to die for our sins. You know, and I challenge each one of us tonight, as we think of our lives, as we think about, and I know this is only basically probably a third of our group that normally comes. But you know what? It only takes one to start. If this group here could start in a way to show Christ's love, who knows what could happen? You know, we live in a country where it's pretty messed up. But we have a group of teenagers here that I think have potential to make a difference in this country. You know, we're going to, in, in, in August, and I'm going to just throw this out there. And I'm gonna, you're going to have more details coming. But in August, we are planning a local vacation Bible school, not here, at Carry Bible Church. But we are planning to go into a community to do Vacation Bible School. And you know why we want to do that? It's not for us to get a pat on the back and say, oh yeah, y'all doing what's right. No. Because we need to show the Christ, God's love, Christ's love outside these four walls. We need to humble ourselves. And, and, and you know what I know is going to happen? And what's going to be sad about that? I don't want to go. I don't want to go help them kids. I don't want to go in that area. I don't want nothing to do with them. It's because that's the way we think. We think why we're better than them. 
You ever pass someone and thought that way? I'm better than you. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want you to think of that. You know, we pass people on the side of the road begging for money. And I'm sure it's crossed all our minds. And that, you know, I'm better than that. But you know what? That could have been you. If it wasn't for the love of Christ. That could be you who was born in countries that die of starvation. That could be you where hurricanes hit or earthquakes hit and destroy a whole country. You see, God has given us so much. What are we doing with that? How are we loving one another? How, how are you loving the person next to you? You know, and again, I know what's going through the guy's mind. I don't like mine. You know, but guess what? It's not about that. You see, if we showed the love of Christ, sacrificially, if we were the same way, we had the same mind as Christ Jesus, all of us would be different. The church would be different. How do you apply this tonight? How are we going to apply this? Are we going to, cl- we're going to close it up? How are we going to apply this? What we have to do, what would we have to do if we wanted to live like Jesus? How did Jesus live? Well, he associated with outcasts. You ever realize that Jesus always, people always said something about Jesus. What do you always do? Hang with the sinners. Outcasts. Now, let me just say this for some of you, because I know what someone could say. I'm not telling you to go down to the the club down the road and think and hey listen and think that I, I could go there and, and you know ain't nothing no Jesus was Jesus was very special he did not sin he did not sin but me and you need to look for opportunities to, to look at you know to help people we need to listen more you know for some of others the best way to tell others about Jesus is just to stop talking you ever met someone who talks a lot and just can't be quiet? And you can't never get a word in? My wife probably tells me I cut her off a lot when I talk, you know, so I, I am, you know, so that's me. The last question to think about. How would it change, listen, how would it change our world if Christians were not only known for being unified, as we looked at Lassie, or but for being unselfish as well. I think that would change a lot. Because the church has a bad reputation. And we've caused that. We. Because I think too many times we'd like to point the fingers at people. But we got to start with ourselves. We need to change first. And then by us changing, and everyone else changing, we will work together to bring honor and glory to Christ. So tonight, if you don't remember anything else that we did, remember this. Try to have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Because if you have that, you can make a difference wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, we pray you continue to be on in our lives. I pray that everything, that we would just give you thanks and that we would just... 
be honored that you'd be honored in all that we do. Pray for our small groups, Father, as we go into our small groups. That Father, that you would just be honored in our discussion, and we just thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, Amen.